Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you give podcast get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners especially our servicemen who are out there take, taking care of us. want to thank one of our uh, listeners in particular, Rob. We've got a, a special shout-out here to JT Pendley. Thanks for tuning in every day. We always love to hear from you guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, JT. We love to hear from you. Yeah, appreciate you, JT. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way, and that's with Strange Brew Coffee. And if you can't, if you don't live here in Starkville, if you don't live in Tupelo and can't get it real easily, well, you can get it easily. You can get it shipped directly to your door with strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on the counter, Strange Brew Coffee can take care of you. And that includes the K-Cups. If you're a Keurig owner, they've got them everywhere. And that includes, at, uh, at, you know, I love talking about Woody's. You know, it's, I'm very old school. I know, Robbie, you're a big fan of Woody's, but they've got the K-Cups there as well. So, Can we have a Woody's fried chicken coffee? You know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. We've had some great ideas on this show, some million-dollar ideas. I don't. I don't know about that one. Fried chicken coffee. It might be. A, Maybe a we could do too half, far. A, half a half of a, of one of those cups mm-hmm. of the fried chicken, and the other half can be the tater logs. And that way, it's it's much more it's much more efficient from a calorie standpoint. I just don't know about. In, I, I gotta be honest. I'm grease. not a coffee drinker. I'm not. But a fried chicken flavored coffee. I'll be honest with you, a fried chicken flavored beverage of any kind. I don't want my fried chicken in liquid form. I got to be totally honest a, with you. It's a I, way to compromise. If you want the fried, if you want the fried food, but you don't want what comes with it, then you turn it into liquid, and there you go. We'll we'll put the our our research team on this and see how it goes. My God. Strange Brew Coffee House. It's the best of both worlds. It's something, man. It's something. <laughs> College Corner, new year, new gear. We are only two weeks away from the start of baseball season. We're going to talk some baseball here on the show today, and that means it's time to grab some new gear before you head to Duty Noble Field to celebrate the reigning national champions. And if you want to learn something about that national championship season, I have just been informed by our good friend and host, Steve Robertson, that copies of his book, Dogpile are available uh, at College Corner at both of their locations there. So you can pick up a copy of that book, that keepsake, uh, to enjoy that. But also grab yourself a new shirt, new hat, something new to bring in to Duty Noble Field when you head there to defeat to watch the defending national champions. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It's just, you know, today's Taco Tuesday, but it's always Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco because they have the best tacos in town and they've got tacos you can't get anywhere else. It's not just, you know, beef, chicken, you know, uh, you know, shrimp. It's, 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 it's a, a wide variety of stuff that, stuff that you would never expect to see in a taco. 
a bacon cheeseburger taco. Just that that's one of my favorites on the menu there. But it tastes like a bacon cheeseburger, but it's in tortilla form. So how can you go wrong? Enjoy it. It's a great place to go. Next time you're in Starville, make sure you check out Humble Taco. If you're looking for a quick and easy choice for lunch, for something that's going to be good and good, you know, good for you. Sandwiches are good for you. You know, they're underrated. Yeah, the bread's got the carbs, but lunch meat's good for you. It's it's lean. It's healthy. I'm trying. I'm trying to be healthy here. With this. We're trying to cultivate mass. The carbs are fine. <laughs> Stop this is cultivating. What, this is where you can make up for the lack of fried chicken. Yeah. And tater and the tater logs that you're yeah. gonna have at Woody's, and you yeah. turn that into liquid form. Yeah, then you can eat as much bread as you want. As much bread. <laughs> Brilliant! Why did I never think of this? I got to be totally honest. So fried chicken smarter, food. smarter, not harder. Fried chicken smoothies and things like that. Um, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely is one way to describe it. Anyway, Firehouse subs, download the app, pick up your sandwich, pile up the reward points. It simply doesn't get any easier. Great sandwiches. I'm a big fan of the meatball. That's my favorite one on the menu there. But you pick your own favorite. They got a great variety of them there at Firehouse Subs. Locations in Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood, and Madison. Firehouse Subs. Let's talk some baseball, Robbie. We'll preview Mississippi State and uh, Tennessee. That game is on Wednesday, but with tomorrow's show being the rumblings, we thought we'd just go ahead and get the preview out of the way today. Yeah, for some reason I said it was on Tuesday. I don't know what I was thinking. Ah, you know, it's, that's it is of... on Wednesday. Sometimes you don't need to – most of the time maybe you don't need to listen to me. Especially um, when it comes to fried chicken coffee, I wouldn't listen to you. I do appreciate the people that do listen to the show anyway. Well, and I mean, it's not exactly a huge, you know. I don't think anybody was like, oh, my God, I was going to plan to drive up there, but now I can't. I don't think it's it – People was... just go into the show knowing that I'm going to say something wrong. Yeah. And they're, that, nothing surprises them. They just – go with the flow so and continue to listen i, I that, i'm just i'm so thankful that people continue to listen despite me often being wrong about things so let's talk about this baseball team let's 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 you know we're, we're what 10 days is that right about yeah, 10 11 yep. days from the start of the season Not, never too early to to put together a, a preemptive starting lineup and, and pitching rotation is it more difficult to put together the lineup or the rotation for you? Rotation right now, just because I, you know, even Chris Lamona said the other day yeah. that he feels like he has six guys that that's going to be competing for a starting spot um, at and in the pitching staff. <coughs> so I feel like I feel like I have a pretty good idea who's going to be lining up opening day where. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe one spot that I'm not sure about, but. I feel like I know pretty well who's going to be starting on opening day uh, for Mississippi State defensively. Well, talk us through it then. Who, take us around the horn and tell me who you think you've got at those starting positions. Sure. Um, and last month I actually wrote an article, if you want to go look this up, uh, the early look at Mississippi State baseball's 2022 lineup and rotation is the title. A very creative title, if you ask me. Um, but I wrote that on January 20th. Not much has really changed my mind. I'm just happy you didn't have 17 words in the title. I'll be honest with you. I, I try to limit my words. Um, so let's start with, let's start with catcher. This is That's probably, this is going to be the toughest one of them all. <laughs> I, I don't know who's going to end up here. No, Logan Tanner is going to start. If he's healthy, he's going to start 50 plus games for Mississippi State at catcher. Um, you know, I do think that state, 
could potentially, and I think they will, get Luke Hancock behind the plate. I was just going to ask sometimes you Sometimes during the midweek. Uh, is he the midweek catcher for, you know, at least a few games? Or do they, do they not want to, you know, mess with him at first base and they, they let somebody else get behind the plate? Well, that, I think that's what we're going to get into at first base. Well, let's just start with first base. We already know about Logan Tanner. That's not there, There's not going to be any surprises there. He's going to start, and every weekend he will be your starting catcher. But at first base is what could be interesting. Luke Hancock's going to be in the lineup every single game. Yeah. He is quite possibly the best hitter on the team from a, an approach standpoint. Mm-hmm. He's probably not going to have the most hits, probably not going to have the most home runs, but he'll have a bunch or anything like that. But that's the guy that you want up to bat with a runner in scoring position with one out. He's going to, to find a way to move somebody. Um, you know, he, he's going to be an absolute pest for opposing pitchers, a guy that could grind out, you know, a 13-pitch at bat if you need him to. Um, he is going to be in the lineup every day. Now, here's where things could get interesting for State in a good way. If Hunter Hines is coming along, which he's he's been back out there from what I've been told. he was. I think he got injured last week, and um, he's been taking BP. I think he even took part in a couple of scrimmages, so that's good news. If Hunter Hines is hitting the baseball really well this year, you have the opportunity to put Luke Hancock at DH. Um, you know, one game you can put him at catcher. You can put Hunter Hines at first base. You can put Logan Tanner at DH and give Logan a, a break in the middle of the week. There's tons of opportunities there, and that's what's great about Mississippi State this year at first base. You didn't have that last year. You had to convert a catcher into a first baseman in the middle of the season just purely out of necessity there. Um, you, you had to have him become really good at first base. Well, now you he got – Yes, and now you got Hunter Hines as an option there. You got Von Siebert that's come over from Pearl River Community College that is an option there as well. So you got three guys that you feel like could play a capable first base as long as any of the three are hitting. And I feel like Luke Hancock's going to be able to hit all year long. Hunter Hines is a guy that you feel really good about as well. So plenty of options at first base, and you have two really good catchers that you can count on also. And uh, a freshman in Gray Bain that's had a, a, had a pretty good uh, scrimmage the other day. I feel like that's a guy that that could get some time, but you know, probably going to redshirt him if I had to guess, because there's really no need to have uh, a third guy there at catcher unless you have some injuries pop up. So you're feeling pretty good about first base and catcher at this point. And then the middle of the infield, I feel like you know, we 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 have a pretty good grasp. Honestly, I feel like we have a good grasp on the other three positions there. Jaeger probably getting the start there at second base, but Tanner Leggett could factor into that. Shortstop, that's going to be Forsyth. I thought he got better as the season progressed, and of course he was part of that incredible defensive performance there uh, in the uh, in the College World Series. And then at third base, maybe the most naturally talented guy on on the baseball team, Cam James. Yeah, and that's the guy that you felt like was going to be your shortstop of the of the next two years over there uh, for the Bulldogs, and you felt like he was going to be a guy that could be a pretty high draft pick at, at shortstop when he was coming through, very athletic guy. Um, you know, in, in some ways, a lot like Jordan Westberg, he's got that bigger build to him and very athletic, has that the ability to really hit the ball for power. 
but it just wasn't working out for him at shortstop. He was really struggling. Had two games where he had multiple errors. Um, I think he had you know six or seven errors in the first five games or so. And this is one of the moves that Chris Lamonis made that that really helped this team as the year went on to move him over to third base because you shored up a spot there at third base and kept Cam James in the lineup, a guy that's that's really capable at the plate. And you also got a really good defender at shortstop in Lane Forsyth. And listen, he had he had his struggles at times too. I think he had 14 or 15 errors. But for a freshman to come in the SEC and be thrown in the fire like that and do what he did, I thought that was really uh, good for Mississippi State. And by the end of the year, that that infield was just a force. I mean, they didn't have an error in the College World Series. Is one of the best defensive performances. It was ever. maybe the biggest reason State won the national championship was that yeah. they were able to finally shore up that because that infield defense last year was atrocious at times. I think yep. Cam James was in double digit errors. Forsyth was was in double digit errors. I, I'm pretty sure. And it just felt like every they both, game they both had over 14 errors. Each. Yeah, and and it felt like every game a ground ball to the left side was going to get through that shouldn't, and it cost State some games. But then, in, in, well, in some reason in Omaha, it all clicked, and they became in this unbelievable defensive infield. And look at the end of the year when State played Notre Dame and Vanderbilt. Those were two teams that were pretty good. They got on natural grass and got in got on dirt, and they really struggled defensively. Yeah. Those two teams, I, I thought defense was really the reason Mississippi State won the national championship. And also the reason they got to the College World Series by beating Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame just – they couldn't pick that ball off the dirt. They really struggled when they moved to, to, to dirt and natural grass. And the same thing happened in the College World Series in the national championship for, for Vanderbilt. It just kind of fell apart out there. The teams that, that, that are really, really good defensively, they usually find their way to the end somewhere. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's – I think that really was the difference for Mississippi State last year. And you have three of those guys back in the infield. And then you added a guy that's a grad transfer that's played a lot of baseball in college and, and R.J. Yeager, who I think you can feel really good about considering how, how long he's played baseball on this level. So mm-hmm. you have to feel great about your infield. But another thing, where I'm, I'll throw in a caveat here um, for, for the other corner infield spot. First base has the possibility of Hunter Hines. If Slate Alford gets gets rocking and rolling at third base, mm-hmm. Cam James has been playing center field so far in uh, scrimmages. And I've, I continue to hear that that's a possibility that he could move to center field if need be. And there's there's some talk that he could end up in the outfield on the next level. So to get your best lineup out there, if Slate Alford is, is hitting – if he gets his opportunities and he's hitting and you just can't keep him off the field, put Slate Offer over to third base because I've he's had a he had a really good fall at third. Uh seems to be doing well in the in the in the spring as well at third base defensively. Boom, you have a great lineup, you have a great defensive infield and and possibly outfield as well. I think that's a possibility. Alford's name is a is a name that keeps popping up. When you read scrimmage reports, when you talk to people close to the baseball program, that name keeps popping up. Hines is as well, but Alford is the guy. <clears throat> if I had to pick a a freshman who could make sort of a Kellum Clark 
kind of impact, maybe by late in the year, be a big part of the lineup. That would definitely be the guy that I, that I would go with. Speaking of Kellum Clark, you know, where does he fit in for you? Is that is that the first choice at DH? You think? Um, yeah, it could be right field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could. I think he could lock down one of the uh, outfield spots. He was an adventurer in out, the outfield last year, so hopefully yeah. the offseason has been good to him. It, he's got to find a spot, man. He's he's. I believe he's draft eligible this year. I could be wrong, but he has got a monster bat in his hands um, that it just ha- is going to have some some scouts salivating. But he's got to find a spot in the, in in some defensive lineup um you know he didn't have a great summer at first base i don't think outfield was like you said was an adventure i don't know if if third base is a spot for him so i i think outfield probably is where he ends up but he's got to get he's got to get pretty good fast and you know uh you move tanner allen out there in the outfield and he he's really kind of fell into it and did a pretty good job so maybe Kellum, after a lot of reps, can uh, really come through there in the outfield. I think he and uh, Brad Cumbers are probably going to be your corner outfield guys. State, I don't know what they'll hit. I think they'll hit well. I don't know how they'll field. But I'll take State's corner outfielders in a fight against anybody in the conference. And, and how about the the size on this team? They've, they're, yeah. they're no longer much of little guys. I mean, we got – I don't know. Little guys worked pretty we well. Changed that. Yeah. Those guys did a pretty good job. This year, this year it'll be Robbie. It'll be uh, they're too big. They're just they're just too too big. There's, they can't they can't on, win. This year it'll be they're on steroids. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be out there again. Remember that was the that was the talk of Mississippi State's offensive line at some point yeah. when they had Dylan Day and Ben Beckwith out there. They were on steroids. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you're going to be surprised when you come to the park opening get opening day and see some of these players. Mm. Because I mean, we've gotten so you know accustomed to, to coming out there and seeing, you know, some of the infielders and outfielders and the size that those guys are, and you know, hitting for singles and maybe putting a ball in the gap or whatever. But you're about to see some specimens out there, and there's more coming next year and the year after that and the year after that. I mean, Kellum Clark, Brad Cumbus, Hunter Hines, uh, Revy Higgins. Um, Cam James even right now is yeah, he's a big yeah. dude. Yeah, Th- these guys are are not a bunch of pushovers. It's that they're gonna they're gonna hit the ball out of the yard at a pretty high rate. So uh, I'm excited to see that. So you mentioned Cumbus and, and 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 Clark in the corners there, and then you mentioned Cam James as a potential center fielder. What about Jess Davis, the UAB transfer, and what about Braylon Skinner? Yeah, it's gonna be if if, if either of those guys are able to hit. You're going to want them in center field because they're they're racers out there. They got speed and defensive ability that not that many people have. Jess Davis was a Golden Glove winner in college baseball. I think one of three guys at that position that won that award. Uh, and you have to be pretty darn good to win that award, by the way, defensively. So I, I think you want him to take over that spot and possibly be, you know, top of the order kind of guy. His batting average was not very high at UAB, but when he gets on base, he's still in a lot of bases. And Braylon Skinner's able to do that as well, as we saw in the uh, national championship game. So I, I think you're a better team if one of those two are hitting and you can keep Cam James at third base and you don't have to worry about that. 
Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting anything from those two, you're going to have to make a decision. You can't have um, auto outs in this lineup. Right. I think I think Mississippi State would much rather have a, a pretty complete lineup this year. Uh, but I, I think they're a better team if you have either Braylon Skinner or Jess Davis hitting the baseball. You know, two sixty five, two seventy. Don't yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to hit three hundred. But don't hit 220. Don't hit 200. Right. They got they, they can't have a Josh Hatcher situation this year. No. All right, then talk us through it then. Give me give me your opening weekend starting lineup. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna even try to configure the batting order yet. I yeah, didn't look at that. But catcher Logan Tanner, first base Luke Hancock, second base RJ Yeager, shortstop Lane Forsyth. Third base, Cam James. Uh, left field, Brad Combus. Center field, I'm going with Jess Davis. Mm-hmm. And right field, I'm going to go with Kellum Clark. And Dude. DH, yeah. I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go Hunter Hines, DH, okay. if he's healthy. And if he's not, I think I'm going to go with uh, Slate Alford. I think one of the freshmen could get oh, a right. start. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's take it over to the pitching staff now. Obviously, you know, we know that Landon James is – Landon James. Landon – Logan. There's been so many Landons and Logans Landon's and Tanners. Landon Sims is who I'm trying to get to, though. That's going to be your your starting, you know, Friday night guy. And it, yes. feels, it feels like, you know, he is going to be good there. We'll just leave it at that. You know, he, he feels like he's got the third pitch that everybody kind of said he needed. And, and you sort of go from there. And then it's about, you know, who are the next two guys? I think Fristo is the name you sort of have to look at because he has the most experience coming back. But there are – and Lamona said it. There's six guys, six, seven guys here that you could say, okay, this is our week – especially the first weekend. If you told me that, okay, they're going to go Brandon Smith and Stone Simmons, or if you told me they're going to go Jackson Fristo and Casey Hunt, I'm, I'm not just overly surprised by almost any decision they make there. Yeah, me neither. That that's what makes this so intriguing. I I don't know, you know, how to really predict who's going to come out there first in that first weekend outside of Landon Sims. But I think it's a good problem to have. Last year, we felt like it would be a pretty good rotation with Christian McLeod, Eric Sarantola, and uh, Will Bednar. But we had not seen Sarantola or Bednar really proved themselves. Um, you know, and Christian McLeod had only pitched like six games or whatever it was four. in his first year, four games. Yeah. And he looked really good, but none of them had pitched against SEC teams consistently. Sarantola was the only one that did, and he had really struggled. So it was all wait and see, and nobody knew what was going to happen behind those guys. Well, now you have six guys that Chris Amonis feels can start – that's a good that's a good starting point. Get some guys some opportunities, narrow it down. You feel good about you've seen Stone Simmons, you've seen Preston Johnson, you've seen Brandon Smith go out there and pitch really well against SEC teams. Uh Jackson Fristo's had his moments. You know Landon Sims is is really good. So you feel good about those guys and then you have some other guys in there that could be really exciting. But you just don't know enough about them yet. Yeah. Here's who I'm going to go with for opening weekend. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just guessing here just because I, I think there's a possibility that State goes righty, lefty, righty. Well, there's um, only really one choice for lefty then. Yes. I feel like Andrew Walling could be your Saturday guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we've had Gene and, Gene and Mike have been at all of our scrimmages so far covering, and I, I've read a lot of their reports. And it seems like Andrew Walling has a lot of his control back that he didn't have in the fall. And his velocity is back. Mid to high 90s velocity, mm-hmm. uh, just a sick arsenal of pitchers for a left-handed pitcher. It screams first-round pick. Yeah. Um, to be a left-handed pitcher, to throw 97 like that, mm-hmm. he can throw you a curveball, he can throw you a changeup, he can throw you a slider. Uh, I mean, he's got all the stuff to be a starter if he is commanding. And I just have a feeling that he is going to be a weekend guy but he could end up in the back end of the bullpen. He could end up as a middle reliever. He can be a long relief guy. There's a lot of things you can do with him, and I think they're really excited about him. I, I just feel like Foxhall might go righty-lefty-righty. So it, it, we'll see if that happens, but I, I think Andrew Walling could be in line to do that. Okay. So then that, that brings you to Sunday. Who do you throw out there Sunday? Could it be Preston Johnson? Could it be Brandon Smith? Mm-hmm. Could it be Jackson Fristo, who's done that before? I think it's going to be Cade Smith. Okay. I, I think he's a guy that he's he's kind of like, you know, Walling. He's got some stuff. He's not a left-hander, but he's got a pretty good uh, arsenal, I think. And he's I, I really like his competitiveness, too. Mm-hmm. We saw him on a couple occasions last year load up the bases. He was a little wild at times, but he fought out of that a lot, a lot like Landon Sims did a couple of times last year. I like that. Uh, he did that against Texas uh, the second time State played Texas in the mm-hmm. NCAA in yes. the College World Series. So I, that that's a guy that I think could could move in there to starting role this year. I think you do see him make a jump this season as a sophomore, though. For me, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense for opening weekend. But by like week two or three, maybe by the time they, they headed over to Tulane, for that road trip, you, that's where Fristo is going to be back in the starting rotation. And maybe Brandon Smith as well, because you're going to want some experience there. And you're going to want to, those young arms might be a little bit more valuable to you in, in a bullpen role. Walling is very interesting to me because it feels like, from a talent standpoint, State has maybe the two highest ceiling guys, right? With Sims and Walling as their Friday, Saturday guys. I mean, they, these feel like two potential first-rounders if everything clicks for them. And that's going to be – you know, we've already said that we think State's going to be a really good hitting team with the amount of power they're bringing back and some of these new bats. But if Walling is, is what you're, you're describing and – you, and you said it, you know, he had a rough fall for whatever reason. He was – maybe injuries or whatever. He did not have a great fall here at Mississippi State. But as you said, it seems like that's, that's, that's not the case anymore and everything's starting to click for him. Very, very exciting for, for Mississippi State. Who gets first crack at replacing Landon Sims there as the closer? My, my, my vote, if I had to pick a guy, is Mikey Tepper. I think he has the, the best stuff of that group. But, but who would you look at? Yeah, it's, for me, it's, it's Mikey Tepper or Casey Hunt. Mm-hmm. And Casey Hunt has been impressing in, in scrimmages as well. I think that's one of those guys, you know, like those players have those freshman seasons that – 
may not work out for them or they, you know, they just get a kind of a taste. And when that sophomore season rolls around, they really start clicking. I think he's my pick for a guy that we're not talking about right now that will be talked about by everybody midway through the season. Yeah. He's a guy that, as a freshman, had a lot of hype and it just, it's sort of built to this point. Sort of. But it, would Dakota Hudson be a not as a starter? But would Dakota Hudson be a good uh, analogy here? Yeah, it could be. Uh, but he's got you know he's got some electric stuff in that arm, and uh, I I really feel like he's he learned some things from last year that he's going to add to this season. He he could jump up this year. Yeah, um, as a sophomore, like I, I just. I really feel like they have some options there. I know a lot of people were concerned about that back in the bullpen spot, mm-hmm. but somebody will step up there. I mean, it, if worse comes to worse, you know, if you need Preston Johnson, which he doesn't really have the, he doesn't have the stuff that you that you're really looking right. for from a velocity standpoint. Mm-hmm. He throws hard enough, but really, you're just looking for a guy that gets outs in the ninth inning. Right. Uh, so, I mean. I feel like I, I really feel like it's going to be it's going to be either Hunt or Tepper that that really emerges there. And then the other guy that you would throw in that mix is Stinnett, who could be that guy yeah. as well. I feel like State has three guys for you know that that role in Hunt, uh, Stinnett, and Tepper. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they have three guys I really like in long relief in Preston Johnson, Stone Simmons, and then Cam Tuller, who outside of Walling is probably the only left-hander Mississippi State's going to put on the mound this year, unless a guy like Pico Cone decides to take a, a big step forward as, as a true freshman. Not a lot of left-handed arms for Mississippi State. Is that an, a problem for you? No, they didn't have a ton last year either. I mean, they, true, there, was not, there was not many opportunities that they could bring in a lefty matchup guy. They yeah. did that with Cam Tuller, and he, he was just okay. Um, they need him to be better this year. He, was, he had a high expectations coming out of junior college a guy that a lot of people thought would go pro out of junior college and it didn't work out. So, uh, you know, I, that's another guy that we're not talking about that he could have a much better season this year and surprise some people. But, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that that matchup thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I think people put a little too much into that. I agree. It is, it is important to, you know, play the percentages and, have, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys don't hit as well against left-handed pitchers, but – you know, sometimes it's just about just going out there and just getting a dude out. You mentioned, you know, we talked about Hunter Hines and Slade Alford and those freshman bats. Cone, Jack Walker, is there a freshman pitcher who could make an appearance this year that you like? Yeah, I love Jack Walker. That's That's been my guy since he was a junior in high school. I mean, I've really – I really like the stuff that he has. Not going to be a high-velocity guy, but what I always say about him is he just knows how to pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times when you just know how to pitch, you can get a lot of guys out. It's, it's not always about velocity. Yesterday he threw uh, three innings. He gave up a couple of unearned runs, and um, uh, he had two strikeouts. But and he, he I, From what I understand, he started off that scrimmage really well. And uh, Gene had him at uh, 92 miles an hour velocity, which is fine. I mean, that's plenty of velocity, yeah. When when you know when you know how to pitch like he does, and you can maneuver the baseball like he does, he's got such control on that on that baseball. I, I think he's going to be able to have a, a a really good career here at Mississippi State, and I he I could see him as a midweek starter this year. Yeah, we'll see. 
we'll see how that all pans out. That's a good question, though. You, you mentioned Walker there. Midweek guys, I mean, it feels like Stone Simmons for sure. Feels like Cam Tuller would have an opportunity there. Preston Johnson maybe is a midweek guy. I mean, does anybody stand out there for you? Yeah, I mean, Walker is the first one that jumps off the page for me. If Jackson Fristo doesn't work out as a weekend starter, that's that's You think he'd be really good as a midweek guy. Yeah, you would think. I mean, Cade Smith, if he doesn't work out, one of the other of those two could. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is, Brian, you have options. Yeah. Last year, they were deeper, I think, with just talent. This year, I feel like the talent is more impactful. Mm-hmm. I think the guys that they have are more impactful than just the sheer amount of talented players they had last year. Yeah. I, I just I feel like there are more options for more roles. The fascinating thing is we just don't know who's going to fit where yet. Right. That's what these early games are for. Test some guys out, move some guys around, and, and just kind of see who might fit best where. Well, by the same token, this first series is against a top 25 team. You want to get those wins. On your resume. So it's going to be interesting to see how Lamonis manages that, you know, wanting to get some guys some opportunities early versus, hey, these would be good wins to have when we're putting our resume together uh, come late May. So we'll see how that all pans out. Can't wait. Can't wait to get over to Denny Noble and watch some baseball uh, very, very soon. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show or the second part of the show. Won't be a half. We could have made a whole show just out of that, it looks like. But that said, well, thank the friends. I, could, I could talk about baseball on every one of our shows this week. But, you know, of, of the group of guys that I call the click, which is me, you, Logan, and Joel, there may, you know, I am definitely the weakest baseball guy in there, but there may not be three stronger baseball guys than those three. Like, if you can get all I've three of them. a lot of baseball at Duty Noble. Yeah. If you talk to those three guys about MSU baseball, you're doing pretty good. Mississippi Beef Council. Wants to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. When you put beef in the grocery cart, not only are you making a great choice for your family, you're making a great choice for 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians who are our beef producers here in the Magnolia State. A lot of great options for beef when it's cold outside. Nothing better than a big pot of chili, a big bowl of spaghetti, a big bowl of beef stew. And as the weather warms up, you want to put steaks and burgers on the grill. Ground beef is there for Beef is there for you as well. Look for uh, recipes at msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats, we got a lot of traffic this weekend of people telling us how much uh, they love Two Brothers. People were up here this weekend, and they were going to Two Brothers, and they're telling us about it. We love to hear that. I got an email from one of our listeners saying that he, I mean, he showed me the food, too, and I was like, man, I wish I had been eating with you. I mean, a big pot plate full of smoked wings and the pork rind notches. I mean, I mean, just can't go wrong. Of course, Robbie and I ate there on separate days. He was there Friday. I was there Saturday. So we put our money where our mouth is when it comes to Two Brothers. We're not just telling you to go show up. We're there ourselves. We can't recommend it enough. Next time you're in Starville, head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. <clears throat> they make it super easy at Advantage Business Systems for you to pick them. If you're going to pick a business based on great products, well, they've got that. If you're going to pick a business based on great service, They've got that. But when they've got both, that's when you've got something special. And that's how you stay in business for 47 years, by offering your customers an incredible selection of products and offering them the kind of service that you they would expect to get when they're dealing with family, when they're dealing with their neighbors. That's what you are at Advantage Business Systems. They are a Mississippi business, first and foremost. 47 years of experience. Nobody sticks around that long unless they take care of their customers. Call them today and find out how they can help you out. 601 601- 
362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I heard you talking about the family. What? You're talking about family. That's yes. Yeah, the Advantage, Advantage Business Systems, they don't have customers. They have family. Brian, Brian Kelly really appreciates that. Family. I'm here with my family. Mississippi State, Tennessee, Wednesday night at the Humphrey Coliseum. It's a good defensive team. Another one for Mississippi State's going to have to face. Tennessee only giving up 63 points per game and averaging right at 75 uh, points per game. They're led by Santiago Vescovi, almost 14 points a game for him. Uh, The only other double-figure guy is uh, Kennedy Chandler. So two guys averaging 14 and 13 a game, and then nobody else in double figures. But this is a good rebounding team. They've got two guys over 100 rebounds, and Vescovi is sitting on 99. They, they, they get the ball when, it's, when you miss. Um, they only shoot 44% as, as a team, but they're only giving up 41% uh, shooting as a team, only 33% from behind the arc. Not a great free throw shooting team, right at 70%. This is the truth. I, I, you know, we, we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. But we've reached the point now where State is in must-win mode for some of these games, and this is one of them. They've got to find a way to win this basketball game at home. They've been good at home this year. They need to be good at home one more time. And that's if they don't do that, that doesn't happen. It's, 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 it's just about over at this point. They, they need to win this game. Yeah, in Tennessee, I mean, like most teams, they're they're not nearly as good on the road. Um, and I, I, you know, I feel like this is a winnable game for State and a chance to get a big win. Mm-hmm. They don't get many of those. Mm-hmm. They have, they have not gotten many big wins under Ben Howland. Um, and I, and I believe Tennessee is a top twenty-five team. Yes, is that right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, this this is a big opportunity for State. And we, we talk about these games being um, must wins or whatever. I really feel like this one kind of is. Yeah, and not only top twenty-five team, Robbie, but twelfth in the net. So quad yeah, one this opportunity. Is huge. This is huge. And we said, you know, we we said the other day. I mean, if State can win two games this week, which are two winnable games against Tennessee and LSU, you're right back in the mix. I mean, your your net's taking a pretty big jump if you do that. Mm-hmm. And this is a stretch that has these winnable games in it, but it's also got games that they don't need to lose. Yeah, Missouri twice, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, teams like that. I mean, you, you got to find ways to win. And th- and you know, states had uh, a couple of good games against Tennessee uh, in the in the past few years. This is one of those games where that they've got to come out play as a cohesive unit. You just hope that Tolu Smith's kind of got back back into the swing of things a little bit. He, he got to kind of knock the rust off against Arkansas. Wasn't a great game for him, but he fought through it. You've had some practices to kind of get back in shape and all that. You need Tolu to have a big game here. You know, this, this is kind of a comparable team from, uh, you know, a post-play perspective. They, they average around the same amount of, of rebounds a game as Mississippi State. They got some good size on this team as well. For Tennessee, so it's not going to be easy for State to uh, get down there and really go to work against this Tennessee team. But I, th- I think that's where you got to start. I think you got to have a big game from Tolu 
you got to have a big game from from Garrison. And also, it's about time State starts to connect from outside. Take mm-hmm. some pressure off of those guys in the paint. Hit some big shots. Stop trading three-pointers for two-pointers. Two I, mean, I don't know I, that you're not asking a lot, though, against this Tennessee team, which is just good defensively. They really are. They, they really are. Um, and, and, and honestly, <laughs> a couple of those – they've had a couple of games where they really got – um, they really gave up a lot of points that's skewing those numbers even more. I mean, they gave up over 100 points, I think, to Kentucky. They gave up a lot to Texas A&M the other day. I mean, without those games, their their average is much lower defensively. So, it you know, it, it's going to be tough, but State's got to find a way. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the bottom line. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They needed to find a way against Arkansas. They didn't. Those opportunities are running out. Yeah, you don't have very many left. So th- this is a game that they really need to go take, and they've been good at home. Hopefully that continues. Tennessee has played one of the toughest schedules in the country. Played uh, Villanova, who's ranked in the top fifteen. They didn't lose that game. They played Texas Tech earlier this year, lost by five to them. Beat Arizona, the number four team in the country, and then of course got into SEC play. They've won six of their last eight. Both of those losses were to ranked teams, to Kentucky, and they lost by one to Texas on the road uh, in the uh, Big Twelve SEC Challenge. Uh, and then, of course, this past weekend coming off a, a win over South Carolina where they, they just dominated them, 81-57. I, I can't pick State to win this game. I just I can't bring myself to do it. I, I, I can't. So, I, I mean, I think State's going to lose, and that's going to put them into the next two games. If you don't win them both, it's, it's basically done. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to pick State to win. Look at you go. I think I think they find a way. They, I mean, um, that's what this game is about. It's going to be about finding a way because I think this is a better basketball team than you. Somebody we're not thinking of, if we were going to do like an X factor like for football, is going to have to play well in this game because I think you, you got to take Tolu and Iverson for granted, and you really need to take Brooks for granted too. So who's the fourth guy that shows up? Yeah, in and that's and that's tough to predict because nobody has really been consistent. And none of those guys have been good against good teams, really. I mean, you haven't got a whole – you didn't get a whole lot out of DJ Jeffries against Texas Tech. You didn't get an or against Kentucky, if I remember correctly. You know, Shaquille Moore was I, – I think he I think he did some good things against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he and Rocket Watts basically didn't contribute a whole lot against Arkansas. Again, DJ Jeffries had five yesterday. points. 13 points outside of everyone not named Brooks, Smith, and Molinar. And, and we, we, we spent all offseason discussing how deep this team was, how talented and deep they were. Well, we're not seeing it right now. We're not seeing it. We, we see it against bad teams. We're not seeing it against good teams. And that's where that, that trend has to end. They've got to start getting m- more deeper into that bench, deeper into that starting lineup from those guys. Because right now they just – they haven't had it enough. And, uh, you know, I think this is an opportunity to turn over a new leaf here. I mean, the Arkansas game was what it was. It was frustrating. But you still took a really good team on the road to the wire. And that's the second SEC road game that you've done that. Unfortunately, that doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things. It, it might help you if you've if you've been able to build a resume. It might help you with the uh, committee that you were able to do that. 
But for now, it does nothing for you. This is this is a game you have to take to build that resume so people can say, hey, they, they took Kentucky and Arkansas on the road to the limit. Both those teams are playing good basketball, and they beat a really good Tennessee team. You got to start building these wins here so you're able to be in that light to a committee to make those decisions a human decision at the end. Yeah. State did move up a spot in the net uh, as of today, as of Monday. They're up to 48 now. Their resume, I, don't, I don't understand how they're at 48. I really don't. Three That's wins crazy. against quad one and quad two. 11 of their 14 wins are quad three or quad four, and they have two quad three losses. And my guess is Minnesota is down to 91. <clears throat> if they continue to lose, that could end up very easily being a, uh, a quad four loss. I mean, I'm not 100% sure of that, but Louisville is at 119. That was a neutral site game, but Louisville could also continue to maybe tumble down. And I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sure on how neutral site wins work, but <laughs> those, are, those are bad losses for Mississippi State. So, chance for a good win here for the Bulldogs. Falk says win. Hey, Dad says loss. We'll see what happens Wednesday night at the Hall. Tomorrow's show is the Rumblings. Go ahead and get your questions in to us. Now, and we'll be happy to answer those for you. Anything you want to talk about? You got any Valentine's Day questions? Who better than Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk to answer those for you? The, the professors of love that we are. And anything else, Mississippi State sports or otherwise, happy to talk to you guys about it. On Thursday, we'll recap Mississippi State, uh, Tennessee. We'll continue to talk some baseball, and we'll see if any football news. Maybe some NFL draft stuff this week. Starting to see Charles Cross. First pick, it's 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 becoming a trend. Seen in a couple drafts now. So. He's moving up, and he hasn't even gone to the combine. Hasn't gone yet. to the combine yet, so we'll see. All right, guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning. We'll see you next Talk Mississippi Media Production.